This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. The Buckeyes are struggling, but we ain't going anywhere. We got a lot to talk about regarding Ohio State basketball. We got a lot to talk about regarding Big Ten basketball, college basketball as a whole. Mizzou stinks too, so it's not grass isn't greener in other places but we may touch on some areas where the grass is a little greener but this full episode is brought to you by our friends at the butcher's tap and mcgee's the best place to watch ohio state sports is the butcher's tap and a very close second it's like 1a 1b is mcgee's get to both places to watch some buckeye games football basketball women's basketball so men's and women's basketball encompassing basketball because the the women's team is is very, very exciting to watch. And maybe just go there for fun. Spend some money. Get some food. Get some drinks. The food is great. It's where we just had our live show. The drinks are great as well. But here we are. <sighs> We're going to talk about Ohio State basketball. Joey, you mentioned to me before we started, there were some positives. And there were some <laughs> negatives. <laughs> You're stretching where, where do we want to start? How far do we want to go back? Do we want to even we have not talked about the Northwestern game. I think the season moves too fast where you could probably guess we aren't pulling any positives out of that Northwestern game. And we could talk a little bit Illinois, a little bit Iowa, and then kind of go from there. No, I think it's best to just like <laughs> you know, we're the name of our you know, the name of our game, our bread and butter, we don't do like the very in-depth post-game recaps you know we don't break down and we, we might preview a game or two right but we don't like break down what went wrong what didn't go wrong what was awesome like that's never been our our style so I'm not gonna like get into the weeds of anything because I mean truthfully it's just I mean there's a lot uh what I will blanket each game is Northwestern is one of those games where Obviously, in a season like this season, you're like, holy cow, there are microcosms of the year everywhere, left and right. But you're also, you know, if this game was, if Ohio State was a great team and you have this game, it's like, all right, throw out the tape. Like, every team has a stinker each year, right? Um, You know, that was maybe a little bit more of a stinker than a a real stinker is. Um, But there's a ton of, that was just a miserable game. Offense looked bad. Defense wasn't good. Northwestern is as hot as a team could be at the time. Blah, blah, blah. They're the best team in the Big Ten at home. Maybe Nebraska, but they're the best team. At, I, they're just – there's a lot of really good teams at home. But that's just a huge, big, fat L suck. That was like, look yourself in the mirror, Ohio State basketball fans, Ohio State basketball team. Like, this season is in danger of being a disaster. Um Move forward to Illinois. You think, okay, well, home game. Ohio State plays Wait, I'm better. cutting you off. I'm cutting you off real quick. And I know you were in a groove. The nature of the Big Ten, Northwestern went on the road their next two games and lost both of them. That's usually what happens to Ohio State. But usually there's like some other wins for Ohio State, you know, sprinkled on in there. It's just like basically what I'm saying is no one is unbeatable and they got smacked in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I mean, yeah, there are some games in there that Ohio State can wins in theory, but they haven't won a game on the road in, in a over a year, so they have to be at home. Um 
They played at home against Illinois, who is really, really good. A second weekend team, a Elite Eight Final Four team. They've got a first team All American if he would have played the whole year in Terrence Shannon. Like, you know, Coleman Hawkins is really coming into his own. Like, Illinois is great. They, Ohio State wasn't favored. They're not supposed to, quote unquote, win that game, especially with the way they've been playing. And then they get smacked also. They're in it for most of the first half, if not the entire first half, but then it slowly got away from them. They couldn't get over the eight point, 10 point hump. Uh, and the score ended up being pretty indicative of how really the second half went. Um, in the Northwestern game, there wasn't very much fight. It sucked. A team that, you know, Northwestern doesn't rebound the ball well, and Ohio State is pretty good on the offensive glass. They didn't do that at all, um, especially when they're missing a million shots like they were. They still didn't rebound on the offensive glass very well, which is – and I'm not going to sit here and call them soft. Like, that's not my job to call them soft. They probably are hearing a lot of different things from a lot of different people right now, so they don't need us to pile on. But um, not not a very, uh, I don't know, Ohio State basketball-esque performance. What Chris Holtman embodies what he wants you to be in terms of toughness and competitiveness. Illinois was a little bit better. I think Illinois is a better team than Northwestern. Yes, Ohio State's at home. you got to protect home court. Um, but Illinois is really freaking good and you can have all the fight in the world. And sometimes it doesn't matter when you play a team as talented as Illinois is. Um, and then you move to Iowa, which the Iowa game is tough because the expectations for Ohio state are so uh, were high enough preseason, then hot and then fairly high come beginning of big 10 play that, you know, that's a a game where you shouldn't have it take any moral victories from, especially when you've got, you know, a, a team that is in free fall and you've got, you know, losses left and right and Twitter's going nuts and you can't even get 10,000 people to show up for a home game. And there's no such thing as moral victories in this scenario, but like, you know, they, they played well, Roddy Gale played well for the first time in seemingly weeks um Felix had a great game and yeah he made one huge mistake at the end but you know it can't just you didn't lose the game on one play uh this is if this if this game would have happened in the middle of November early November I would have said man it's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten Iowa just scores so well Sanford was hitting tons of shots and they've got a good team and who knows that you know they're they're not a terrible team blah 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 but like you know, that was that game was there for the taking. Um, stretches in the first half where they couldn't pull away, stretches in the second half where they couldn't pull away. Uh, it's just it's just tough. It's the same story over and over and over again. The only positive that I take away from that game is it's the first time in weeks that I can remember that they finished the first half strong. They were losing. They ended up winning the first half, made a mini run where they made four to five shots at the end of the first half. You know, that was the first time that I can remember in games and weeks that they had a a good spell to end to end a half or a game um, for that matter. So like you, yeah, you could take the positives. And if you're Chris Holtman, who like, you know, we're not going to sit here and talk about his status as the coach, but like, we're not dumb. Like obviously his job is in jeopardy. Um, he's not dumb. He's coaching for his life. The whole staff is the players are playing for their lives in theory, right? Because if you're a player and I've been in this boat, there's no guarantees if when you get a new coach, now it's easier to leave and people just leave because it gets a little challenging and I get it. And new coach is totally different, but you know, 
everybody is in that game. It, it looked like there was more of a sense of urgency. And again, in a vacuum, there's positives to take away from that game. And coach Holtman would in a vacuum, not in a season that's in free fall would go in the locker room and say, fellas, that's a winnable game. We should have had that. Obviously I'm not happy, but we can take this, this, and this away. You know, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce our way. Sometimes, you know, the home team makes more shots, whatever it is. Right. Like, so it's tough, man. It's just tough. Like the main takeaway that I've had the last week or so since we've done this show is, and we've Andrew texted about it a million times. There's fans that are imploring Holtman to play the younger guys and get them more minutes. What is clear to me, and I want to make crystal clear on this show is that just like if you were working your nine to five job and you were in charge of a project and they and your boss told you, hey, this is make or break for you, you would take guys on your quote-unquote team that you trusted with all your heart and that you thought would do the best job possible in order for you to save your job. So Chris Holtman, and it changed a little bit in the Iowa game, but Chris Holtman sits there and he's thinking to himself, all right, I got a lot to prove in order for to turn this season around to have a winning season and accomplish goals that we want to accomplish, blah, blah, blah. But also, you know, again, he's not dumb. He wants to be here next year. So he's not going to sit there and play guys who are maybe unproven or he sees every day in practice as not as good or don't do the right things for this team or don't have the same skill sets of other guys as what it takes to win in the Big Ten. He's not playing those guys for a reason. He's not being stubborn. He's not being stuck in his own ways. I'm not naming any guys, any players' names. But he is he is putting the guys out there on the court that he knows based on previous games, experience, practice, et cetera, who's going to give Ohio State and that team the best chance to win in the Big Ten. I understand why people are clamoring for freshmen to play more and other guys to play less, and I get it. He's going to play whoever has the best chance to win them games. They're the only guy that I'll mention, Devin Royal, clearly has earned more minutes, and he played more minutes and was really, really great in stretches against Iowa. But, man, it, it, it's tough. Like, I, you don't envy that position. You're trying to figure out, okay, we got to fix something because something's not working. But at the same time, I trust these guys more than other guys. And it's just it, – it, it's really tough. This next game against Indiana is – I mean, as winnable of a game as they have on, on their schedule, I, I saw earlier today our good friend Jim Root tweeted out that Ohio State, 3-8 and eight in the Big Ten Ohio State, uh, one 15-minute stretch of basketball away from being top 20 in the country Ohio State, has the easiest schedule and future schedule in the Big Ten, yet they're 3-8. and eight. Um, Not a fun fact, a sad stat instead. Um, and... Uh, this Indiana game is as winnable as one that when I look in the the future for for the team that I see, um, Indiana, like Ohio State, in a bit of a free fall as well. They do not play very well on the road. Um, they did play well against Illinois in a recent game, but they don't. They play way better at home, even though they just got blown out by Penn State. It's just, it's like two teams looking in the mirror at each other. Two teams that had high expectations, that have good players, that have coaches that are a little bit more established at their schools now, obviously Holman way more than Woodson teams coming off Woodson coming off an NCAA tournament. Like, you know, it's like look at it in the mirror because the expectations from these fan bases are high and they are clearly not meeting them. 
Uh, so it's a huge game because, man, like, I mean, most people are counting Ohio State as dead already, which can't argue with that. Andrew, we've talked about that obviously offline a lot, but we don't feel that they are completely dead. They're, you know, yes, they have to go on a major run. It's not likely. It's not impossible, but it's not incredibly possible either. But it all starts with this game against Indiana. Like, Indiana just, man, they just, you got to beat them. You got to beat them. We don't need to, like, pregame, preview it. Who knows who's playing for them? They've had some big injuries lately. But, like, I'll say it again. It's as winnable as a game as Ohio State has on their uh, on their uh, the rest of their conference season. And if you don't want to play on Wednesday on Peacock uh, in the Big Ten tournament in Minnesota, then you're probably going to have to win this one at the very least. So uh, I know I just rambled on and on and on about Ohio State basketball. I, a lot of emotions uh, swirling in my head, a lot of texts, a lot of tweets, a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. Um, I have them as well. If you're listening and you are someone who's DM me or tweeted at me, or if your friends, family that have texted me, um, you know, I, I have very much the same feelings as all of you have. Uh, and, and it's not fun. Uh, I don't, uh, it, it's not a very familiar spot, even though last year was like this, but there were still the, the excuses, so to speak of the young team and different expectations. But, um, yeah, it's not fun. I'm not, not in a good place with Ohio state basketball, obviously. Uh, and it's hard to record, episodes and and we you know we're going to keep giving you you good stuff and we're going to talk about other things to to make sure that there's some fun fresh content but it just seems like it's same story different week for Ohio State basketball and hopefully it changes this week starting on Tuesday against Indiana a couple things I want to point out and and ask you combo of both the first thing is I feel like the Indiana game is a chance for someone like a Bruce or a Jameson to or a Roddy to have a good game and kind of be like, Hey, there are still reasons to watch this team. There are still reasons to, you know, go to the games. Like you got to show something that gives the, the sophomore in Columbus a reason to at least think, should I go to the game tonight or should I just watch it on TV? Because at this point they're making it like, you know, well, why would I want to go to the game? And at least the, like, I watched the Iowa game and it's not the result you want, but if you think back in the first quarter or sorry, in the first half and then early in the second half and then late in the game, there was a lot of fouls. We, we tweeted about that, but if that same exact game is in Columbus and you're at that game, you had a good time at that game. You didn't have a great time in the second half of the Illinois game. And if you went to the Northwestern game that you're not having, you're not having a good time. I did it confirm. Not a good time. You're not having a good time. So uh, what I want to see is, hey, you know, we still have something fun and exciting to come and watch. The other thing I want to point out, Big Ten preseason media poll, Indiana six and seven, or sorry, Indiana, Ohio State, six and seven. So Indiana standings wise is at least somewhat near where they were projected. But, you know, both teams that no one was like, hey, this is going to be a top three team this year. So I do agree with you completely that they are in similar situations. And the other thing I just want to point out, and there's so much more at play here, just an interesting thing that as, you know, two individuals who watch the games, cover the team to an extent, Minnesota won two big 10 games last year, best player transfers to Ohio state. 
they got five wins this year with, with a bunch more to go. Just interesting. I'm not saying anything specific <laughs> about it. It just is interesting to think that they were the worst team in the Big Ten last year. One of their wins was Ohio State. But it's just interesting how much things kind of shift around. Penn State loses a ton of guys. Now they're down at the bottom. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is just because of how this season is going doesn't dictate how next season would potentially go. I don't but, want to get into that, but sure. But yes, things well, I, a lot with the transfer portal and and, right. and all that stuff. But I, I don't. I, I'm just saying in college I basketball, it's not like. Love, yeah, I don't love the path that that. I don't disagree necessarily, but that take can, can well, go I'm, down I, a bad path. What, I, what I'm just saying is with, I mean, Ohio State football is probably feeling in a similar sense is like, I, you'd be shocked if seven months from now, you're like, all right, this is going to be the worst team in the big 10 record wise. Like that just, it's, there's, it, there's always a, a, a new season, which is a, a positive and a negative. It's like, it's the caveat to the, should you play the younger guys? Well, like there could be seven new guys on the team next year with the same coach. You never know yeah. what's going to happen. So it's just, especially in college basketball now with the, with the amount of turnover and the changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if there were trades, there'd be no one on the teams year, year after year. But yeah, I, I just, it, it's crazy how big of a difference some of these teams have year over year, but I do, I do think we should, you know, shift focus a little bit to big 10 overall because Ohio state still has a solid amount of games left. They're going to see some more exciting teams there's some really, really good teams in the Big Ten. There's some, you know, not that great teams in the Big Ten. So I'll kind of <laughs> slide it over to you to go from there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you'll let me, Andrew, I'd like to introduce a quick new segment that we that we have here. Um, and I'm going to pause a little bit because this will hopefully turn into a fun social media clip that you guys will see beyond the podcast and fix my hair and and, and comb my beard. Um, but yeah, thanks to our friends at, again, at the butcher's tap, uh, we want to introduce to you here, uh, what's on tap with the butcher's tap. And we'll start on Tuesday night in a game that I just talked about Indiana at Ohio state in a game where two teams are fighting for their conference lives and to not play on Wednesday in the big 10 tournament in Minnesota. Again, these teams mirror each other in terms of expectations being fairly high coming into the season and absolutely not meeting them. Uh, two teams that are dying for a win and two teams that play pretty darn hard. Um, Ohio State needs this one so bad. Indiana probably needs it even more because they have a tough time winning on the road, as if Ohio State doesn't. Should be a very fun game in the Schottenstein Center on Tuesday night. As we move along in the week, Northwestern plays Nebraska in two of the funnest teams to watch in the Big Ten, two phenomenal guards, one on each side, Boo Booey, who is a first-team All-Big Ten, should be um, a, a no-brainer selection, and a first-team All-American watch list guy who I would be surprised if he doesn't make one of the top three teams in the country. And obviously on the other side, Casey Tomanaga, who if you haven't watched him play, he is uh, the college basketball version of Steph Curry in a lot of ways, wears the same number and shoots from anywhere on the court. Nebraska fighting as we speak right now with Illinois hard Northwestern desperately needing a win. Having lost two in a row should be a very fun game from two surprising teams in the big 10. And then finally 
I will use this team twice, but there are no ranked games this week in the Big Ten. So I will go to Indiana versus Purdue, the best rivalry in the Big Ten, take center stage on Saturday. Uh, Purdue beat Indiana pretty darn bad the first time around. Indiana comes to Purdue's house in maybe the hardest place to play in Mackey Arena on Saturday. But when these two teams play like any rivals, you throw out the record books. Uh, Zach Eady versus Kilo Ware, two of the best centers in the Big Ten, should be a very fun game. And again, in a week where there's not a ton of big-time ranked matchups, there's some very fun storylines to follow. And we hope that you'll be watching all those games at Butcher's Tap as we will uh, in Chicago this week. That's a great first edition of what's on tap at the butcher's tap. Looking forward to doing more of those and doing them every week. You'll see them on Twitter done up a little bit, but yeah, basically there you go. Not, not any highlight games on the schedule, which there were in college basketball overall this week, this previous week, the week prior, there was a, yeah, there was a ton of, (laughs) Really, really good high-profile matchups, and the best the one in my looked opinion. Phenomenal. I mean, it just yeah, looked the, phenomenal. The best outcome, in my opinion, in the games that I watched, excitement-wise, were Northwestern Minnesota was a very, very exciting game. No ranked teams in that matchup, but then <laughs> UConn, the number one team in the country, played a very exciting game against St. John's. St. John's wearing some some cool jerseys. It was a very aesthetically pleasing game on the eyes. Crazy about UConn, been seeing this all over Twitter, is they lost, you know, three of their top guys, and they're, you know, n- not only the number one team again. From the national championship team, obviously. From the national championship team, of course. And it's not like that Florida team that returned, you know, four starters or five starters, whatever it was, that beat Ohio State the, the second year around. This is, you know, a little bit, a little bit of an overhaul. And and they look like, you know, it sucks that they're this good because you'd probably take another future bet on them. But, you know, they're not a ton of value with the number one team in the country. Yeah, I mean, the, the it is amazing when a team who wins the national championship comes back with, I wouldn't say a completely new roster, but they've got new dudes. Like, they've got new dudes. And they are... When the clock tur- or the when the calendar turns to February, they are the favorite, the absolute favorite to win the national championship. Um, the only other team that I think like just watching them that I'm like, wow, that team can really win the national championship, among others. Like Kansas is great. They beat the crap out of Houston. I would have said Houston too, but they just beat got got killed. Kansas doesn't have the athletes that they usually have. Like Hunter Dickinson's great. Their guards are great. McCullough's great. Like they they have great guys, but individually, but I just they don't have a dude. They don't have an NBA wing. Like, so I don't, I mean McCullough kind of is, but so I don't know how I feel about them, but but North Carolina is awesome. RJ Davis is awesome. Uh Armando Bacon is 90 years old. Uh, I mean, like they are Harrison Ingram's the best transfer in the entire ACC, maybe. Like they they're they're awesome and very fun to watch. That's my, that's the team that I kind of have my eye on right now. Are there any other teams that you like to, to make some noise? Having watched, you know, there were three top ten matchups. There were, if you count Purdue, Wisconsin on Sunday, which was a better game than any of the other games. There was four this week. Um, any other teams that kind of caught your eye besides UConn, North Carolina? 
Yeah, I got a team that it doesn't seem like they can, you know, win the whole thing necessarily, but they're a ton of fun to watch. And it's just like a classic wouldn't surprise you is Marquette is so, so fun to watch. They just, you know, play the game the right way. It's fun to watch. Like I watch, we watch a lot of college basketball games. There's a handful of games that you're, you're at halftime, just like, damn, this, this game is not exciting. This is not, there's this not is why people prefer the end. Right. There's yeah. not enough shots being made. It's just, it's not exciting. And any game that Marquette's in both ways, it just feels like there's a ton of scoring because their style of play just dictates fast moving a lot of, a lot of points scoring. So they're, they're a team that I really like to watch. I really like to watch the big East. The big East is fun big to East watch. Is so fun. The Big East is fun to watch. It feels like there's no, like, once you hit the top three teams, similar to the Big Ten, it feels like it's such a such a crapshoot. And like I mean, Butler was team... Butler and DePaul were picked last. Butler's got five non five conference road wins already. Like they just right. beat Creighton. Right. DePaul sucks, but but Butler was picked second to last. They're incredible and fighting for NCAA tournament seat. Like I agree. And the Big East, the Big East at times, and and the SEC also. Not necessarily the ACC, definitely not the Big Ten. It feels like you're watching a different sport sometimes when when you watch those two conferences. Yeah, I mean, even even in the Big East, you got you got schools like like Xavier where they're not that good this year, and they had a guy who scored forty three the other day. You know, like it's just like it's yeah. it's fun basketball. Anytime you tune into a game, it's going to be a good game. Kentucky's a lot of fun to watch. Hunter Dickinson is fun to like watch and watch what he does. Mm. You know, you're not like, wow, this is such a polarizing basketball. Like, it's just fun to watch him. He gets into it. He's throwing his body around. Like, he's just a lot more fun to watch him when he's not a Michigan. That's for sure. Yeah. Interesting note. Ohio State and Michigan are the two worst teams in the Big Ten right now. Joey. Any way you got off the top of your head the last time that has happened, season standings finished. Never? I think never. My my guess would be it's never happened. My my guess would be that it's never happened, which is crazy. But yeah, a lot of a lot of fun teams to watch. And in, in the next few weeks, you know, as we hit mid February, we'll start giving some, you know, conference championships. I was gonna odds. say that the the next the next week. I will what I will bring to the table for for everybody, and and I'm fortunate that uh, I live with a guy who's obsessed with college basketball and mid majors, and has really put me on to a lot of things that I wasn't I wasn't watching as closely. I will come with three teams that not only will make the NCAA tournament, but will win at least one game in the NCAA tournament from the mid major world, um, and and I think that that is a good thing to monitor around the middle of February. You know, the Super Bowl is done. People are curious about college basketball more. I think that's what I'll bring for for the people next week. I think that's good. I, I will I will come. You come with that. I'll come with three teams that aren't the top three favorites to put a future bet on. And How's that? I love that. And before we go, um, there's a big game on Sunday. I will be in Arizona. Andrew will be in Chicago. We'll both be consuming a lot of food, I would imagine. But like we did last year, there's a few props that we all enjoy. Um, 
I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, Andrew. I came a little bit prepared with this, a little bit more last second, but prepared with it. Um, any prop bets that you like, whether it's off the top of your head or? Well, I usually open that up Saturday, normally Sunday morning. I really, you know, scour it. You got a lot of time. I look Hopefully today I got because some money to play with if if Stroud, you know, does in fact win and Lamar and Lamar rookie of the year, Lamar wins. But I mean, the first one on FanDuel is either team to score on their first offensive play. How pissed would you be if you take yes and they return a kick? That's not their first offensive play, right? No, it's special no. teams. Yeah. How how pissed would you be if that happens? You well, you give yours dead, a little but, bit, but would be pissed. true. You give yours a little bit, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll yeah. do some scrolling. Um, I the only the main reason why there's two reasons why I have these on my mind. Number one is because there was no football today, and like just the concept of no football was like, okay, well, when's the next football game? Oh, it's in a week. Let's look. Um, but um, obviously, it's the biggest game ever, which is why you're looking a week ahead. I don't think I've ever looked at like on a Monday morning the lines for the game that weekend or whatever, you know. But um. The other reason is because I'm going for a bachelor party and guys are just sending stuff left and right that, you know, a group of 15 guys, the funnest part about it is that everybody wants to take stuff together and we can all win or all lose, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is on these bets should be very fun. A um, few things. Number one, I, every year I put a little bit on tails for the coin toss, just because that's the tone setter for the game, right? You know, you, you gotta, um, you gotta bet tails, uh, or heads, whatever you like, but tails never fails. And, you know, if you win that bet before the game even starts, you're up money, which is hilarious. Um, I also saw one prop bet that was um, four guys combined receiving yards to equal 400 yards. It was 400 yards or more. Um, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, um, which I – I feel like those are definitely like for the chiefs. Like if Patrick Mahomes has 300 yards passing, those guys probably have 200 yards receiving ish. Um, on the other side, it's a little bit different, but they are the better wide receivers on the other side. So I, that, that was an interesting one. And then um, I always like, uh, especially with these two teams being both fairly evenly matched. I mean, it's hard to bet against the chiefs for, before that reason, you could take the Chiefs plus a little bit, whatever it is, to win, right? You know, they're two and a half, three-point favorites, depending on where you look. Or you could take Mahomes to win the MVP, which is plus more money. And if they win, he's probably going to be the MVP. Uh, that's what I keep saying to sound very, very smart when I talk to friends. Um, that's where I'm leaning uh, another one as well. There's other fun stuff, you know, tied at halftime is always fun. And picking the Gatorade color right? Will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? You know, that's all fun stuff. Um, so uh, it should be a fun game. I'm excited. Um, it'll be a, a very fun weekend. Uh, and hopefully it coincides with um, a very fun bachelor party. So well, I've given you some time, Andrew. I've stalled. I know I put that on you and I'm sorry for it. Uh, what are you, what are you thinking? Where are you leaning? What do you like? So I found a few things that I like first, similarly to what you're saying about that MVP bet, which is what Bill Simmons always says that on, on his show and in any game, if you like this team, take the quarterback to win or to be MVP, 
in any game where that's an option. But on the other side, you got Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey with plus MVP odds. So, you know, you put a little bit of money on both of those guys instead of taking Niners money line. And there's definitely a a way not to cut you off. I feel like there's a way. Obviously, the way it loses if one of these three guys doesn't win. But there's a way to insure yourself money if you bet on, I feel like, Purdy, McCaffrey, and Mahomes to win MVP. I mean, there's probably not literally, but I feel like there's some world. Well, you know, if Kittle wins the MVP, obviously, then you're in trouble. But it's hard to believe that unless, like, a defensive player returns a something for a touchdown or Kelsey has 150 yards and two touchdowns, that anybody other than Mahomes gets it on the Chiefs which I were in agreement with. So, sorry, I didn't there's, mean to cut you off. No, you didn't. It, don't worry about it. But there's some cool things in here that I've never seen, math player matchups, where it's spreads between players oh, and their stats. So it's got Mahomes and Purdy, Mahomes minus 16 and a half passing yards. So will he have, you know, 16 and a half or more yards passing wow. than Purdy? That's interesting. And then there's... There's a touchdown bet. It's plus money, plus one forty-five for Mahomes to have one or more touchdowns than than Purdy, which is interesting. Which is which is very interesting because it's the same thing. Like if if the Chiefs win this game, Mahomes oh, is probably going to have touchdown passes. Yeah. Sorry, I for some reason I was I was like. I don't think I don't love that if it's for rushing touchdowns. I think they no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's it's touchdown passes. You know, even though last time these two teams played, I'm pretty sure Mahomes got the first touchdown. So that's something to he did something to think about. Something to think about. And you can even take Ayuk versus Samuel, who's going to have more yards. It's, there's 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 some some cool stuff in here. Kelsey versus Kittle. So so yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff. The deeper you go, and the deeper you go, the the more money you'll lose. And you can also take Marvin Harrison plus sixteen hundred to win or to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. You can, wait, you can also already bet on the Super Bowl twenty twenty five winners. So if you don't feel confident on either side, head to twenty twenty five Browns plus five thousand, Bears plus four thousand. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. We're drafting. We have the best defense in the NFL in the second half of the season, and we're drafting Caleb Williams, clearly. And Roma Ducey. How great is that going to be for us, Andrew? Are you going to get a jersey? A Rome jersey? If he's number zero. Where's Bucky Bucky Irving going to go? If he's number zero on the Bears and his name is, I might have to. I might have to go. We'll see. We, uh. Funny because no one's going to listen to this from the bachelor party. I think you'll appreciate this. My buddy Nick Arter, who I don't think you've met, shout out to Nick for getting married. Um, huge Bears fan, family of season tickets, huge Bears fan, also a huge Ohio State fan, very similar to me. But his fandom is huge Ohio State fan, massive Bears fan. I'm huge Ohio State fan, big Bears fan, right? So, um, his dad and him agreed that they are going to sell the season tickets if Fields is not the quarterback next year and Caleb Williams or whoever else is because like he loves fields and he loves the bears and he just, he loved Mitch. He just hates when they keep doing this. Very funny. And so we decided as a, as a bachelor party crew to, uh, uh, God, I hope this doesn't get to him. Cause it's not like officially official yet, but we're going to buy a Caleb Williams bears Jersey and give it to him on, uh, 
on Sunday when we're watching the Super Bowl because we all are wearing the most obscure jerseys that we have for the Super Bowl party that we're having. Um, so I think that'll be a great gift. I, I, you're smirking. Obviously, the listeners can't see that, but I think that's pretty darn funny. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. What are you wearing? I'm probably so everyone has like there's you know there's some little joke to it right for everyone's jersey unless people are just doing a cop out i've got a walter payton throwback jersey that's very nice that i'm probably going to bring but what i want to wear is my tottenham hotspur jersey which listeners have no clue i'm like a i'm just on a big soccer kick just obsessed and tottenham's my team and uh be and just be like oh you guys said to wear your best football jersey this is my football jersey so i think that would be funny that's good I like or that. or I could wear my Baker Browns jersey. I have options. I, I definitely have options. I have a Steph Curry Team USA jersey that I could wear. I, I've I've got options. I, I speak. I, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like that just made me think of some shout outs to to give um, to people. Uh, Jalen Brunson's the best point guard in the in the entire NBA, which is amazing. Uh, just named to an All Star team. Congratulations, Jalen. Our very first interview we ever recorded, not released, but recorded for drive the lane, which is a perfect segue to the fact that he just started his own podcast, which if you listen to our episode with Jalen, he was so bad as an interview. Uh, and he knows that. I mean, he's just, uh, he went on Titus's Tate show. He was, he was not, he's not the most like charismatic interview guy. If you hang out with him, he's hilarious and very outgoing, but like put him in front of a mic and he just is, you know, he's, he's got his shtick and he sticks to it. He started a podcast called what the roommate show with Josh Hart, which is going to be very funny because Josh Hart is hilarious. And hopefully Jalen is, you know, he doesn't, I feel like he has finally reached the point where he's like, all right, like I have way more to prove, but I also am at this threshold where it's like, I've made it in a lot of senses. And I feel like this isn't a reason why he's doing that, but shout out to Jalen for, for those reasons. And, uh, that podcast is going to be must listen. Andrew texted me and said, wow, Jalen starting podcast. You're, de- you're definitely going to be a guest. Right. And I was like, I'll bet you my life. I'm not a guest. So we'll see. That's a great way to end this. Our first guest ever is now starting his own podcast. I feel like, I mean, there's been a lot of people who have come on the show who now have their own show, but you know, in our opinion, none of them as good as, as good as drive the lane. Where else can you get Super Bowl picks? What's on tap in the Big Ten? Gotta be versatile. And what's wrong with Ohio State hoops with Timmy Hall? Also, also breaking news: Joel Embiid surgery, not officially out for the year, but saw that for the year. Saw that it's pretty crazy that Jalen is the best player on the second, if not the first, most famous team, most famous team in the NBA. I feel like the Knicks might be more famous to non NBA fans, yeah. but the Lakers are the more famous. What do you think, Brittany? No, we're recording. I think that the Knicks are the world famous New York Knicks. Yeah. Like people call them that in the world's most famous arena. Like, you that's, know, that's what I'm saying outside of like, NBA fans and basketball. Yeah, if fans, you if you go up to somebody Knicks on the street, are, do you like NBA basketball? I do. Name name one team in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers. I agree. The Lakers are probably number one. Lakers you go Celtics, up to like Knicks. I wouldn't be surprised if anybody said those three. But for sh- but Bulls like too. popularity, popularity wise, celebrity all that stuff. Jersey wise, it feels like it's the Knicks. A little bit of an asterisk right now because 
a little bit of an asterisk right now because LeBron is on is on the Lakers. So, you know, he's always got, you know, one of, if not the highest jerseys. Same with Steph Curry. You know, the Warriors are kind of like the new. The Warriors are most expensive team in the NBA, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Jalen's on a very popular team, and he's the best player on that very popular team, and I, I deserves all star. My TV just turned on. Please turn it off. Um, what's funny to me is last year. So, okay, rewind two years. He's on the Mavs, and he makes that great run. And it's like, wow, Jalen is so great. This is so fun. Look how great he was without Luca. Like, man, I wonder if he could be you know, on an, on an NBA team as the starting point guard, like, um, and then he gets paid and everyone's like, Oh my God, he got overpaid. And then it's like, Oh my God, last year he got snubbed from the all-star game. He should have been an all-star. Can you, can you believe that Jalen went from, he was overpaid to now he should have been an all-star. And then it's like, fast forward. It's like, in case it couldn't get even better. Now he went from overpaid should have been an all-star to incredibly underpaid. And how in the world is he not starting in the all-star game? It's like, it's just ridiculous. Very cool. Very cool to watch from afar. Very cool to be a small part of his journey. Um, excited for Same. what he does the rest of the year. Yeah. Dylan DiMatteo has the greatest funny story with Jalen. And the, the day before the NBA draft or the day before the NBA combine, I, I worked, worked in quotes, worked out Jalen. I basically passed to him for 45 minutes and Dylan, bless his soul, rebounded for him the whole time. And Dylan's got like the funniest story. We like when, whenever, whenever Jalen and Dylan are together or we play video games or whatever, you know, I always remind Jalen about how he'd be nothing without Dylan. So um, it's uh it's funny stuff. So shout out to our guy, Jalen. Good way to end this on a, on a, on a positive note, because we started on a little bit of a, Oh, what was negative Come negative on. note, but buckle up, drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. We're focusing on one game at a time. Beat the Indiana Hoosiers.